G'day listeners, this episode is proudly brought to you by our major sponsor, subshq.com.au. Use code BENS15 at checkout to receive 15% off on your next purchase. G'day listeners and welcome back to another special episode of the Matter Mentality Podcast where we talk all things training, nutrition, psychology to optimize your performance. I am joined today by another very special guest, good friend, colleague, co-founder of STC, physique, natty prep coach, mentor, educator, big Jace. Hey, Norma. Wow, what an introduction. Can we hey. like clip that? <laughs> yes. So that's the new elevator pitch for STC. <laughs> yeah. Bro, that's, I don't think there's a person that's done that better to date. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you, uh, I'll pay that invoice after this straight away. There'll be yeah. no 14-day wait, waiting period. <laughs> that's coming straight through from the STC account. That was wicked. But yeah, it's good. It's good to be here, man. It's good. What's going on? Man, a lot. Just uh, just getting through Wednesdays. Wednesday's a uni day for me. So, um, you know, I use that to kind of get through get through um, lectures, tutorials, extra research and study just because stats fucking bores me. But I try to make it relative. Um, yeah. But, you know, just end of the day, I just try and get that done and then use Wednesday as a, as a day off training and just focus on that. But yeah. uh, yep. how are you guys doing? Good man, good. Um, yeah, we just had a workshop today. Like I was podcast day on Wednesday as well. Um, yep. We just did our hybrid coaching workshop um, at Good Life. Um, yep. Finally, kind of got that organized. So that was a really good, really good turnout. Yep. Um, I think we had like thirty coaches there. It's fantastic. Yeah, fuck from a good life. That's good. Yeah, bro, bro. We Ben and I walked in and we were dumbfounded. Like just you know, normally that that I guess like personal development culture um, in those big box gyms is not as strong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe the tides are turning, who knows? But, um, so that was really good. And then, yeah, just obviously always making moves with the biz. So yep. a little bit of a rebrand as Benny would have told you last week and yep. just trying to separate the businesses and Ben and I are taking responsibilities or focal responsibilities on either side. Mm-hmm. So me taking more of the training department and him taking more of the business stuff, but yep. obviously both of us still getting involved. Yep. And then, yeah, just... I've we've got a photo shoot booked in like the end of the month, so I've got to like yeah, I'm, I've got to make sure I, I'm semi semi good nick to present myself in front of a camera, you know. So <laughs> it's the downfall a, of you guys setting photo shoots is that you can't do much too much of a heavy off season. <laughs> fuck, I've got to I've got to pull my finger out. So every weekend there's just been like an event, and I'm like, ah, oh, I'll start after this week. And then, yeah, <laughs> that'll <laughs> stitch up. I'm running out of time, so now it's like just fucking protein. Protein sparing, modified fasting, just fucking ultra aggressive Monday to Friday, you know. And then hey, watch out—that's an eating disorder waiting to happen. You're, you're. If it happens, hey, I've been dealing with that eating broke. disorder for fifteen years, man. So. <laughs> I just call that a Monday. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what nutrition companies yeah. are telling me otherwise. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. We're all fucking. We've all got something, so I might as well just lean into it, you know. Mate, one of my one of my favorite <laughs> things when I um when I went to when I started exercise psych, and they started describing or criterizing things that count as like disorders and stuff amongst like fitness populations, and they started discussing what comes up as like the foundations of eating disorders, and it was like it was like going through the list, and I was like, it's ironic to me when we look at say like a general population, and you know we've talked about gen pops a million times over our different chats. But you look like a gen pop, most people, you know, it's perfectly fine if you want to eat Tim Tams, cakes of croissants for breakfast and a coffee for whatever you want. That is a cream chai, double espresso, thick caramel yeah. latte that's 1,200 calories. 
But the second you put chicken on a scale and some vegetables at each meal, all of a sudden you're a fucking debilitating eating disorder and you're the worst human being alive. Yeah, it's branded that way because it's hard and not many people do it. So it's easy to bring someone else down and say, hey, like that's fucking, that's not normal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Just just because people aren't willing to walk the path that most most bodybuilders do, right? Legit. And realistically, when when we look at it, right, like like we've talked about before, you go, we set like our diets or you know, might set a meal plan for someone. And realistically, everyone ends up setting their own meal plan anyway. They come back to the basics. We're realistically just strategizing the Australian dietary guidelines anyway. You end up just basically ticking the boxes yeah. they suggest to you in a structured layout. Most most good coaches would reference those healthy eating guidelines in some capacity and then just make the rest of it work to the individual. Crazy stuff. Fucking crazy if you're not shit. a piece of shit, of course. <laughs> if you're not a cowboy from Queensland, after all the fucking stories you've told me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair chop, fair chop. Yeah. yeah, Thanks. yeah. Um, so going back to going back to the seminars, like we're probably going to step way back before that. But mm. when you guys when you guys do your seminars, is that usually like that that thirty number? Is that an outlier for you guys? Or are you starting to get pretty consistent numbers like that at your your workshops? Yeah. The so the the workshops have been great recently. Um, yeah, there's always that fear, I guess. Like you know, you put a workshop on and commit, or you book a holiday to uh, book a trip to Queensland and then try and <laughs> fill a room afterwards. Um, so everything's already paid for. So there's always that risk that uh, nobody will come. You know, there's yeah. always that risk. But yeah, like I guess just being very persistent and repetitive with yeah. our branding and our marketing yeah. and social media and you know everything, all those elements to the business that need to happen regularly, like things of yeah, I think there's definitely a, I feel like there's a bit of Zoom fatigue, yeah. you know, um, yeah. for PTs especially because obviously like probably had to manage a little bit more of that stuff during COVID like on Zoom and then obviously socially as well, especially yeah. if you're in Melbourne, like you got fucking caged up for yeah. way too long. Yeah, um, so there just seems to be like a bit more of a desire for face-to-face um, at the moment. So we're just really leaning into that because obviously quite good at presenting with all the all the time we've spent over the years doing it yeah um and it's just now regardless of like whether we put 30 people in the room or three like we just have that mindset now that it's just like no matter who rocks up no matter you know how many or whatever it's like we just deliver the best thing we can if no one rocks up we capture it you know we've got it filmed there's photos so it gets repurposed like we just always think about it in that mindset now so yeah so yeah, but it definitely the numbers are getting yeah just more and more every time, which is obviously like super exciting. Like Ben and I just like sat back today and we're just like, there were fucking heaps of people in that room. <laughs> like that's <laughs> cool. The fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, and we just and we just nailed it, you know, like which is great. So yeah, like any opportunity now, like obviously like our our pass mark is ten. Yeah, you know, like as in you know when you go into a room, like you kind of want ten, but it's just more of a an ego thing than it is anything like it doesn't have yeah. to be 10 yeah but it's yeah, just yeah. like you know you kind of want to there's just good vibes with 10 people you know good energy you can kind of pick a person yeah. each time you present something and speak yeah so yeah so we'll be do- we're obviously doing that a lot for like the um the learn side of the business for coaches yep but we will be doing a lot of stuff in the future for like clients and lifters yep it's just, you know, having the landscape to do both things. Like I just, we don't want to do things in halves. So we're just kind of like, you know, spending a little bit of time building the app and launching that for fit. Yeah. And then leading into the workshops and stuff for coaches because that works really well just in terms of, you know, marketing and 
and sales and leads and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And obviously helping people, which is the most important thing. No, I mean, no, it's about making money. That's why we do it, right? No letter, no letter help people make money at the same time, right? No, no, it's one of the other. You, you can't have ethical <laughs> business practices and want to improve people's lives at the same like, time. If I only helped people and didn't make money, I'd be living in a fucking tent. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I had a consult the other day. And I was having a laugh with Scaff about this. I had a consult the other day and the, the guy's like, oh, I don't mean to be rude, but like, you know, how much is it going to cost? Because like one of the ways I structure my conversation is I usually, I leave money is just something not to be talked about the general like for me it's like yeah. usually the last thing to be discussed where we've had such a conversation and everything's like on point that you're kind of landing on i just want to be in and to me i have no dramas telling you how much it is because i know what i've told you the value far exceeds what you're yeah, 100%. told and it's yeah. not as a, it's not a manipulation tactic i never hide the price i'm like you to ask me the question the minute we start or at mm. the end you're going to get it and this guy's like i, I don't mean i don't mean rude but um like how much does it cost i'm like dude it's your money how is it rude? Like I have no yeah, qualms yeah. you asking that question, but like I, I need to make money as a business, but I never try to yeah. charge more than what I'm worth because I just want to make enough to cover that you improve your life or get a result mm. or get on stage or yeah. do what the fuck we're doing. But I was like, don't find that rude or awkward or it's weird. It's such a big thing to talk about for some people. Like, you know, just even in like social settings and stuff, like, you know, just talking about money in general, like, yeah. or if someone like owes you cash, um, I know like my partner and my, my inner circle like it's really weird to just be like hey bro like you know just don't forget to kind of flick me over that 100 bucks for dinner or whatever like just yeah. like oh no nah, i couldn't couldn't do that i'm like fuck i do it all the time I'm like yeah hey, man just just send me the money we agreed to send <laughs> and we're all good <laughs> like yeah it's just it's which so took like- a lot a lot of time to break down to like you know i think that how you get brought up and really influences like what you think about like how you think about cash and oh, how you sure, think yeah. about money and stuff um and yeah you can change that narrative yourself but yeah. some people can't so then that's when it's like oh hey i'm sorry to ask yeah yeah yeah. yeah. how sorry, much does it cost sorry it's to like, be a bother about that money that you owe me yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. or like sorry to ask you about the the fee that you are yeah. inquiring about it's like hey, involved in the service that i have to pay yeah. you to get Let's just keep talking and never talk about money and we'll just magically yeah. appear, right? Like- yeah, we'll, just, we'll just watch that deduct from your account and you'll never know how much it actually is. <laughs> just don't look at it. Just blink. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly it's gone from like $80 a week to like 200 You just don't know. <laughs> Whatever it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. But mate, yeah. Let's, uh, let's competitive take a online fucking... coaching prices. What's that? I said that would be a competitive online coaching price for some people, right? <laughs> 200 bucks a week. <laughs> some of the shit I've heard from between Melbourne and Brisbane about pricing is like, Fuck me. I hope at least Sydney might be an average, but like what I've heard from some of the places, especially after meets where people just randomly jack up prices or after comps where they're just like, I had one result. I'm going to go fucking to this price now. And you're like, isn't that what you're going to do now? Because you got, yeah, we're going place. straight to 250. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. That's just, yeah, I got the, I've got the first place pricing now too, you know, coming off first the weekend. Place it's pricing. Like- yeah, it's like, hey man, I've got it's a premium you know, membership now. Sorry, seven. Yeah, I've had like eight first placings, you know, in the last couple of years. It's like, come on, man, like I've got to start charging my worth now, right? Oh, you, you just go straight up to 500 bucks a week. That's just that's just just put pro coach in your bio now. Uh, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna yes, make it then. STC pro coach, Jim's <laughs> gonna be open in fucking three weeks then. <laughs> oh, mm. fuck me, fucking hell. All right, let's um, let's take a back pedal. And let's go back. Yep. So we've had we had the origin story of Benny, and he gave his spiel, and I was like, I'm, uh, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, I love, I love hearing both because I'm like, I know there'll be like, see how it lines up. Yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see who's because Benny's is gonna drop first, so we'll see who's, uh, yeah. who's on the ball here. Who's the liar? Basically, who's... basically, he just full ripped your sales skills and said you were dog shit, and he just yeah, said that you had the conversational skills of a wall. Um. So, 
I started personal training, I think, in my early 20s. So from 16 years old, I realized that you could do personal training and, and make a living from it. So I, mm-hmm. I met somebody at the gym and I was like, oh, the first like gym that you. I went to it was like YMCA gym, like fucking cast iron dumbbells, like yes. just the, the, the literally like, you know, when someone like wants their gym to have like really cool origins and roots, it's like, yep. that's what we had is just clanging yep. and banging with fucking steel. Just the metro flex of Sydney and West 100, Melbourne. Hundred percent, bro. Like, you know, it was like a dollar a day. You know, mum, mum was like, "Look, I'm willing to, you know, pay for this because you don't play sport anymore, or whatever. Like, if you want to take this venture and do whatever." Because she was into fitness too, and we used to go. Before, I used to go before school. We used to go to the gym at like five a.m. and whatever. So once I met this particular person, I was like, "You can make a living from this." This is that was it. I was like, there was no other option for me. So. I went through school knowing that I was always going to be a personal trainer, mm-hmm. which was funny because listening to discussions on with my teachers and stuff, even reflecting on them now, yep. it's not a real job. You can't make yep. money from it. And it's like, look, you know, within probably two years, I was probably making more money than most teachers ever. Worked. I was about to say, with all due respect, <laughs> your hex debt and union degree, I'm probably earning more than you. Yeah. But like in typical Jason Galea fashion, I decided to become a personal trainer the hardest way. And that was to go to university and, you know, study exercise science and be almost like I had a chip on my shoulder. I was like, wanted to be like the first person in my family to go, not only go to university, but to finish it. Um, So yeah, that was the plan. So went to university and yeah, ended up at a a good life gym, which was Phoenix at the time, but I kind of played the cards properly. Like I got in as the receptionist first. Yes. And uh, played the cards of like just understanding how the business worked and who did really well and who didn't, and tried to piece that all together when I came out of you know my uh, tertiary education. So yeah, like once I once I graduated, I moved straight over to personal training, and yeah, it was like you know got a lot of leads, got a lot of conversations just from being in the gym and befriending the sales team and mm-hmm. doing all of the right things that business should do. Yep. And I built my business basically off that. And yep. you know, I was fucking incredible at my job too. Like I just knew, studied the the theory and obviously yep. got my tires pumped up being a graduate as everybody does when they go to yep. university, they get told they're larger than life. But I just had a really big confidence in my own ability to deliver outcome. I was a walking canvas of my own kind of training and methods, you know, looked great. Mm-hmm. Was always kind of in shape and stuff. Uh, and then Ben came along and I I was Ben's personal trainer. So he started at the gym and i was training ben yeah and yeah like sent that dude to the toilet so many times like, <laughs> <his guts> <laughs> like yeah like if it was leg day it was just worked in as part of the program it's like all right so we're going to do squats leg presses and we're going to do one set of lunges then you're going to go to the toilet and spew and then we're going to come back and do your lunges <laughs> yeah and that's pretty much um a standard that was a standard procedure for a little while um, but then, yeah, Ben and I developed a really good relationship. He moved over to personal training. Um, obviously, you know, established himself as a trainer. We, we did a bit of stuff together. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, he kind of came to me with this this offer. Um, at, we, we went to like a local pub and he had this like yellow paper that was like bordered with like flames. And it was yes. like a written a written proposal um, yes. of like, you know, what, we, what he wanted binding. to do. Yeah, that's it. It was fucking great. I, and we lost the fucking proposal, man. I wish I still had it. Um, <laughs> that's fucking fantastic. So, yeah, uh, 
so then, you know, the, he obviously said this proposal, you know, he's like, oh, you know, we're going to make this online training platform. We're going to, obviously this mission is to help as many people as possible. You know, 1 million outcomes was kind of the goal. And mm-hmm. um, we're going to do this by, you know, this, this personal training si- system and method and this brand that we're going to stand behind to do it. And I was like, well, I have never really kind of thought about what was next for personal training for me. Like I kind of just was living in the moment, making yeah. heaps of money, just, you know, putting it all under my bed um, for yeah, a rainy yeah. day. And um, so, yeah, I was like, fuck it, I'm in. Like what what could possibly go wrong? You know, it's like, I'm doing what I love. Like now I have a bit more purpose to it. I've got a team yep. around me to kind of bounce ideas off. Ben and I really complimented each other really well. Yep. So yeah, so then I guess like that's kind of how things started to manifest. And, you know, like Ben said with the sales stuff, like um, I was obviously the, I had the strengths that Ben didn't have and he had the yeah. um, the strengths that you know, I didn't have. So Weird, you look for that in a business partner. How strange. Yeah, well, that's it. Or they just kind of come together, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was like, obviously I was really good technically, mm-hmm. um, had a really good theory backgrounds, um, great understanding of the human body and all of that yep. stuff. And then then come from like a sales background, working in management, selling memberships, you know, all of that stuff that like, you know, thinking about the wheels of business. Yep. And I needed to learn that stuff, you know, like I was really understanding that even as a coach uh, or as a really good trainer, my ceiling was my ability to run a business smoothly, you know, because yeah. all the friction that I was experiencing within my business was the fact that I didn't know how to run one. Yeah. You know, I, I was just fucking trading time for money. Uh, and my clients were my bosses, essentially. Yeah. So I bought myself a job that was just a really cool fucking job that I was willing to eat shit for, you know. Yeah. And I made I made a decent amount of money doing that. So so yeah, like things really started kind of manifest from there. So I'm hoping that those, you know, kind of messages lined up with what Benny said because they're pretty close. If he did they're it, pretty close. Yeah. If he didn't, one of us is lying. <laughs> <laughs> he said basically he taught you all the theory that you know. <laughs> he told me everything. He told me. Um, he taught me everything I need to know about anatomical terminology. Tell him is <laughs> that is the biggest lie ever. <laughs> we used to um, we used to teach uh the cert three and four. So the yeah, obviously evolution of business, whatever down the road. And um, Ben was teaching at a different campus to me. So we had separate campuses. And um, second week, anatomy and physiology week, right? So it's like entry-level shit. Probably like, I don't know, probably first month of semester one, yeah. you know, physiology kind of shit, right? Yeah. And anatomy stuff. And for the first two intakes, Ben always had like a wedding or he was always busy. Or <laughs> so, so here I am, two campuses merged to one. You know, presenting on like, you know, alt dysfunction extension, fucking horizontal adduction, like whatever. And I'm just like, listen, bud, I know this is a fucking purposeful thing. Like, like you owe me for this now because it's starting to become a bit of a fucking trend. So now it's just a joke. <laughs> yeah. We're going we're gonna to sit down and we're going to knuckle out some of these terms. <laughs> and we're going we're gonna to give you some homework. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's just like, look, you might not have used these terms in a while, but now you need to fucking learn them because I don't want to teach... 40 million people every fucking semester teaching the surf for M4. Well, you're sick week the... too. Yeah, yeah, or he's at a wedding or some shit. You got a lot of friends getting married this year, Betty. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, it's so that's my diary. Yeah, that's up. We've got really bad gastrointestinal issues. Yeah. Mate, what, I was like, I was waiting for it. I was like, okay, what's he going to say this time? Stop playing what's he going with his excuses? It's like, hey, can you guys get married on this date, please? Oh, thank you. <laughs> Just meets people that are about to get married so I can use it as an excuse. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
so yeah, I guess that's so that's pretty much like origin story. You know, I was PT for a little bit, worked with Ben, yep. and then yeah, now we're obviously a little bit bigger, a little bit broader in terms of what we do and deliver. Mm-hmm. Um, I've obviously developed. I was always really interested in bodybuilding. You know, like even just from when I was like sixteen years old, I was like yep. started lifting weights. Mm-hmm. You get bigger, you get stronger. You know, I was just fascinated by that. Even just like from like a you know, I guess like a no homo kind of point of view, like just always in awe of like a yeah, really like a, big, strong, muscular yeah. physique. Like if it was someone in the gym, I was just like, fuck, like how do I look like that? You know, yeah. like what do I have to do to get there? Um, And yeah, I fucking can hold my hat saying that I literally fucking tried everything, Um, yeah. you know? And yeah, like don't say I have bad genetics or anything like that, but like, you know, you kind of know people that have good ones. Um. Yeah. And yeah, like I kind of sit somewhere in the middle. So I've definitely kind of pushed the boundaries and I put on a lot of weight and I've found some really, really cool tra- transformations over my time and stuff. And yeah, like now I've, I'm pretty confident that I've developed a system over that time to work with people uh, and, you know, give them really good structure, planning, feedback adjustments and those kind of things to, yeah, bring their best when it comes to like a body transformation or a contest prep or something like that. So I pretty much hold like that side of the business um, and most of the, I guess like the structure and the methodology behind that mm-hmm. done a lot of education, been mentored yep. by some really cool people, a very similar circle to you mm-hmm. uh, in terms of your education. Um, and then yeah, Ben takes care of like more of the strength stuff. And obviously we kind of overlap because yep. there's people that definitely need both. Yes. So yeah. And then um, Ben's decided now that he wants to do some form of running and hopping and jumping business along with his weightlifting and stuff. So I'm going to stick strictly to my physique training and bodybuilding at the moment. So He calls it a hybrid. We just say it's a waste of time. <laughs> running up the stairs for me is hybrid training. So, you know, it's like I did chest and then I ran to the car. It's like, cool. My <laughs> done for the day. No, I'm kidding, guys. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, I've kind of like really just dug in dug my heels in on like the being great at the one thing well not the yeah. one thing but you know what i mean it's like cha- body composition is definitely the the wheelhouse where i've always been the most passionate and the most interested in yeah. i've worked with you know hundreds of clients um and i've worked with you know a lot of trainers and influenced a lot of body transformations and stuff doing that and adopting a method that can successively take someone from a to b you know depending on how willing and able they want to push those boundaries so yeah so yeah that's pretty much where i stand today as a I guess like a physique coach, you know, body transformation coach, if yeah. body composition coach for lack of better term. So, uh, and then, yeah, obviously working with trainers as well, but always a coach at heart, or, you know, online face-to-face, whatever it is. I, I don't think I'll ever lose that capacity. I'll just do it in a really small amount because I'm super passionate about it. Yeah. And that's clear as day too. Like you can see like, you know, even in our time working together, chatting together, training together, stuff like that. Like you're someone like myself, I think who, you know, even in five years time, 10 years time, you're never going to lose that love of just fucking hard training. Like, I think that's yeah. clear as day from the fucking first time you talk to you where you're, you're seeing like, this is just someone who loves training. It's just someone who likes being in the gym, whether it be to fucking two RAR, one RAR, go to failure sets, super sets, cluster sets, fucking just throwing in some dumb bro shit. Cause we're just like, yeah, let's pump it up. Yeah. It's, fun. it's just, it's just going to be in there happening. And there's just going to be something, mm. you know, we do until we're fucking, you know, 75 and dislocating joints. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> You know, obviously always something always hurts, um, but it doesn't really kind of put me off kind of showing up, you know, and I, I think there's like just so many parallels to people who do training, people who take the venture of physique development, even just strength training in general. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's huge parallels to that in business, small yeah, business oh, as sure. well. 
Um, Because how you carry yourself in the gym, people would argue that, you know, that's kind of how you carry yourself through most stressful, challenging situations. Like it's really easy to kind of like, you know, once the burn starts to happen in those quads and once the nervous system starts to kind of shake a bit, it's like, oh, okay, I've got to stop, you know? And it's like, nah, motherfucker, like you've got, you know, four reps left. Like, yeah, legit. You can, you can bury yourself and be okay, you know? And yeah, I think I've always embraced that kind of challenge in the gym and i think it's carried over a lot especially at the start when i was like you know learning to find my feet and develop my business my career and stuff like fucking hard man but it's like i just i just i knew that i was going to be i was so confident that i was going to make it just because yeah. i knew if i fucking worked hard enough that i would and i'm not saying that that's the best way to do things all the time but i've never really met somebody who fucking you know puts everything that they absolutely can into something and kind of fell short yeah so and, then yeah yeah go go go. no I was, gonna, I was just gonna say like that that to me is, is something that i think is is even coming through the current generation of people like coming into that you know that early 20s realm i'm struggling to meet many i've got a few as clients i know no doubt you've got a few as clients as well but like we obviously attract a certain type of person but i'm struggling to find people that at the, the earliest of 20s go it's not that i should just have this on my plate i should fucking work hard and get it and it's like, mm. regardless of what your field is, regardless of what your endeavor is, there's there's nothing that can be taken away from just hard fucking work and seeing if the results there. Even if yeah. it's you know six to twelve months of just put that into practice as hard as you possibly can, and you will find a result. And if it's not the result you want, you adapt or adjust or change or yeah. manipulate the variable. But it, like you said, in training, that then correlates to life, that then correlates to your business, to your career, to your education. You can't fail with just putting in hard fucking work for a period of time and then seeing what the result is, whether that be, like Mm. you said, you know, we've grinded, we've both done it before. We've grinded our way through the start of business. We've grinded our way through just getting experience, talking to people, being in front of cameras, being in front of clients, being in front of audiences. It's not just stuff that you inherently should just be good at or have or be given. Some people may get it, but at the end of the day, actually just fucking digging in is how you should have to start. I had a very similar combo with Benny where I was like, you know, I don't want to hear that you think business should be easy or that your results should be easy or that you should just be getting mm. success. That tells me you have the wrong perspective of the entire endeavor to begin with. It's mm. not something that is a short changed, small duration. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I'm there now I have it. And that's it. The whole point is it's hard for a long time and we learn to get better at it. Yeah. And that's, I guess, comes down to the fundamentals of training, right? It's like once it becomes easy, you're highly likely not going to change anymore. You know, you're not, your growth and development is capped because you're not pushing your system enough to want to adapt and and be bigger, stronger, whatever it is. And it's like the same parallels come to like your life and and your development and whatnot. It's like, if you're only going to move into things and see them out because they're easy, it's like, you're not really going to make it, you know, to to anything that's extraordinary or just anything up the list that really terrifies you in Mm -hmm. most, in most cases. And I guess you know this. Like the this is a bit of a reflection of this generation's access to information and access to everyone with a microphone, because or even a, a camera now, because you only see the end. You only see yeah the polished result, right? Like back when showing my age, even though I don't think I'm that old. Um, back when we were younger, you know, fucking smash an iron and stuff. You only saw magazines you know maybe a really yeah. it took about half an hour for a picture to fucking download online with your fucking <laughs> dial up internet and shit 
but you only really kind of saw those end outcomes every now and then, but it was never like, this is how you do exercise. This is how you do this movement. And, you know, having someone trying to monetize their business saying that this one particular movement revolutionized yeah. their physique, that they're 120 kilos and 10% body fat. It's like, really? Like, you don't think like the, the 15 years of clanging and banging in the gym is a manifest, like you're a manifestation of that now. Like, and yeah. this one particular exercise is a really good addition to all of that work. So you now have this conundrum of this younger generation going, well, I can just do this one particular nuanced kind of movement or whatever it is, mm-hmm. eat this particular food and, and, and expect this end destination when it's like, really, if you look at the parallels of most of the greatest physiques that you can potentially think about, mm-hmm. it's like they are all an, a, a result of 10, 15 years of you trying to figure out what works best for you. Yeah. And those people don't want to do that. They don't want to put that time in. So they're not going to get, it's no different to like, you know, we say to people like, if we said to you, you could dial a thousand numbers, you'd make 150 grand a year, you do it. You know, so you want to build your business and you're in the gym, call 150 people, uh, dial a thousand numbers and you'll make a thousand, 150 grand or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they won't do it because they'll dial the first 10 and they won't, you know, no one will answer or maybe people won't rock up and it's not guaranteed. Yeah. Building your physique is exactly the same. It's not guaranteed that you're going to look the way you want to look. And after the first month, six months, you know, 12 months, yeah, you look bigger, but you never look the way you want to. No. So yeah, that's, that's the hardest thing to manage. And I think that one thing I've really had to kind of put a lot of work into is managing those expectations with those people and setting those and setting, setting them, not even managing them. It's just like, Hey man, if you want to look like this, you want to be a professional bodybuilder? Like I've got one boy now and he wants to have a red hot crack and he's got the genetics to you know, have a, just have a go, see what happens, right? Yeah. And I'm like, you got to fucking lift in all of these areas, you know, because you're not fulfilling these things right now. So it's yeah. like, if you have, if you really want to do this, you have to live this way. And I think that when people understand what it takes to do a thing and you remove some of the noise, it's like, stop watching that shit. Stop yeah. fucking diving into this stuff. Put yourself in a circle of like, it's going to take hard work. It's going to take discipline. It's going to take, you know, all of those things in absence of your feelings yep. at the time. And it's like, that's when you can start to kind of set these, set these, this environment and this mindset for these people that we work with that actually complements the goals that they have rather than just fucking gassing them up and shit. Like some people do. It's like, yeah, bro, you, you everyone can be a pro bodybuilder if they just work hard. It's like, <laughs> nah. <laughs> Not, not, not really, cool. <laughs> but you can be the best version of yourself if you definitely have a plan and stuff. But it's like, yeah, I just think the message always gets murky once people start always looking at the end outcome. Yes. And always thinking like, well, at some point I'm going to get there. And it's like, you, not saying people won't, but it's like it's 10, 15 years of just, you know, craft that yeah. is what you're looking at. And that can alter people's expectations. And when they walk in, it's like, it's up to us to bring them back down to earth and realistically say like, Hey, that physique's going to take you five, five years to build, you know, for example, yeah, like my boy, it's like, he's got to put on, you know, 10, 15 kilos of muscle. I can't tell him that he's going to do that in 12 months. Yeah. Fuck no. You know? No, it's like, and if he did, it's like, how long is he going to live for? You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Just how many years well, do we trade off here? Yeah. That's it. It's like, what are you willing to trade off here? And it's like, I'm not prepared to do that. And it's like, it's, and that doesn't make sense anyway. It's like, we want longevity. You want, that these people have a run at things and you want that not to take too much time off the other side, you know, with some of the shit that we're, we're dealing with for people that we understand. So 
managing those expectations is super important. And sometimes you have to, you've got hard workers and you've got to kind of almost go, hey man, like don't fucking send it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they're going to be very rare, right? You've got the other side of it where it's just like, oh, well, if I work out three, four days a week, I should be the side of a house, you know, by tomorrow. Yeah, if I, if I do this time. three or four times a week, six months, I'm oh, I don't want to get too Ronnie Coleman esque. Yeah, yeah, and I'll take creatine, and you know that <laughs> that'll be the the game changer to my to my physique. You know, yeah, so that's why I'm not 130 kilos at three percent body fat. I'm not taking creatine yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, that's a big conundrum for for coaching at the moment. But I think like you know you're the same as us. Like you have a mentality that you abide by. You have you know, these traits and characteristics that you express through your training and methodology. And mm-hmm. you want to make sure that your clientele have those same kind of characteristics and traits and are an expression of your brand and your method and and those kind of things. So I, I find you can definitely influence those things. Yes. But you got to know what you fucking stand for too, you know, yeah, as, exactly for, right. as a coach and as a business, you know, or as a brand. Even, even just, just as a person, because once, well, if really see, if you look at like coaches, we are, our brand, our persona, our person, mm. and our client's results. We're all of those things almost in one. So when your values, which is why when I really dug into it, purpose, consistency, intensity, it crossed planes to me. It wasn't just, oh, this is how I want the business to be understood. This is how if you catch me in a chat, you're going to have this same three values come through. If you catch me in the middle of the street and we're having a yarn, if you catch me in the gym, these same things are going to be understood that mm. like everything I'm doing in here for is, re- is for a reason. There is a consistent application and it's with fucking intensity. I will be borderline nearly spewing when you find me in the gym. I'll, you know, accessories might not be anywhere near as hard as you, you found me on my top sets at the fucking, my compounds and my complex movements, but we'll there's going to be a degree of intensity to everything I do. Like you're going to get to that point where that's just me as a person. You're going to find that. And I think a lot of, a lot of coaches think that, or, or like they want to try and carry that persona of something that they're not. And then that starts to yeah. misalign with who they are, who their clients are. And it's like, yeah, you're you're saying this, but then you've got your clients, or you've got the, your 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 approach to your business, your methods. Like, let's say your your boy who's like, you know, I want to go fair cracker pro. We say that his values are similar to mine, or something like that. You know, some of the values you guys have. Mm. But then you find out he's not getting seven to nine hours sleep. He's not going to bed on Saturday nights. He's actually going out every Saturday night or every second Saturday night without telling you. He's not getting in foods he's supposed to be having or hitting his calorie targets or getting softer because he doesn't want to lose his six pack for Instagram you start to see very quickly like, okay, realistically, most people don't align with these values, whether it be a coach, business, clients, like it is rare to find someone who's willing to make those sacrifices, those trade-offs to embody the things that they preach or believe in or agree with that will actually yield them the result. And I find yeah. it's, it's it's quite common. Like you said, you know, very similar in myself, we get them in and it's almost like you've got to mold them to understand this. Like whether it be you know, the younger, the better I find is great. But at the same time, obviously, the younger, the financially harder it is to get them to buy in because they're like, you know, at a young age, you're like, oh, invest in my training at this much a week. That's a fucking lot. Yeah. But then the ones that do and they take it seriously and they look at the, you get them to see time horizons expand, but also understand what they can do with those levels of sacrifice. You're like, brother, you don't have to spend the 10 years studying and learning from my mistakes like I did. You just get me to help you shortchange the distance. You still got to put the yeah. work in though, provided you yeah, want to fucking do it and back it up. Yeah, that's the leverages of having a good mentor, right? Is don't make the mistakes that they did or do them faster and get over them sooner so that you can make the progress. You're supposed to expedite progress if you have someone who's walked the path before you. 
no, bro, we're just supposed to say that everyone's acceptable the way they are and that's how you stay and <laughs> we'll, we'll do some mindset work and you check in. Yeah, just, yeah. Hey, it's okay if you don't want to do extraordinary shit. I won't hold you accountable yeah. if you keep paying me, right? I'll, I'll take your money, <laughs> but I'm not going to hold you accountable to your standards that you set or anything like that. Fucking hell. Yeah, let's not go down that rabbit hole, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my off. goodness. Fucking hell. You're going to get me too fired up, man. It's like fucking six o'clock, man. Come on. Good. Fucking send it. Get angry. I don't give a fuck. If everyone hasn't caught onto that by my podcast by now, I don't know who will. No, uh, yeah, yeah. It's... But it's uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting to me, even in that sense, like, like you know, there's that common that common adage, um, you know, when when hard work hard work beats talent, and then obviously there's the whole like talent beats hard work when talent works hard. Works hard, yeah. But and that's the thing where I think I find a lot of athletes, and I found this even through my footy career. I was never the most gifted rugby league player. I was never. I would never say that I was like destined to go to the NRL or anything like that. But I knew that the more I worked and the more I focused on a skill that I sucked at, I got better at it. You know, I could pass yeah. 25 meters on a target with my left, my right to left side, but I was, you know, 10, 15 on my right side. So I would swap hands, practice throwing the ball at a different side, practice different methods. Yeah. I, I, I struggle to find, or I find a lot of people misunderstand, even if they do have the talent, that they still have to work hard because at a certain pool, even if, especially if you're natural, if you're a natty athlete in like the, the physique realm, if we're not putting in the hard yards with the genetic talent you have, you're not getting fucking anywhere. Like you, no. you can drug your way to a certain point. You can luck your way to a certain point. But once it comes down to those variables daily that you are doing, there is someone that is. And you can yeah. have all the genetic pool in the world. But if you're not willing to make those sacrifices and trade-offs, it's going to get to a point where, yeah. you know, the best natty coach, physique coach in the world isn't getting you a first place. You might get yeah. a local show. You might get a fucking district show. You might get a regional show. You might get a state show. But even as a natty, and then if you want to go bigger than that, the likelihood of going beyond that just gets worse and worse. The minute you're not willing to make those, oh, but the boys are going out and I want to fucking have a drink with them or go see them, but I'll be at home in bed at three o'clock. Then I'm going to wake up at eight o'clock on Sunday morning to go train. Those little things just, you're not setting yourself up to win. No, if you look at, I mean, you and I are obviously quite, interested in like the elite level bodybuilding mm -hmm. and there's bodybuilders now that have like all the genetics in the world. Um, and it's like, you haven't seen them put, step on stage in like two or three years because you know, they're, you know, just living life, eating shit, smoking cigarettes, doing whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you can have all the genetic potential in the world. It's like, at the end of the day, someone's got to, you know, knuckle down for six months, have the discipline to live the lifestyle and do all those things and, you know, take advantage of these, I guess, raw, this raw material that they've been given from their parents um, to express, you know, what they can potentially do, you know, but I, granted, I mean, Ben and I had this conversation today, actually in our podcast. And it's like, Ben was like, you should, you shouldn't people who are, I guess, like genetically gifted, we'll call them to a degree, mm -hmm. shouldn't feel bad for being genetically gifted. Absolutely not. You know, they, yeah, sure, they have the pot the potential, but it's like you still got to do the thing to know that you have the genetics for it. Absolutely. 100%. You know, like the before shots, like this is before you fucking knew. So, of course, you're not going to be big, strong, fast, whatever it is. But it's like you still got to show up. You still got to do yeah. whatever it is that you have to do. But the only caveat to that is like you would show up a lot if you found something you were great at. Yes. Like if you, if you were really good at something, like, you know, when I was – I guess the best thing I've ever been good at is soccer. Like I could just do that effortlessly and I was amazing at it, you mm -hmm. know, and I fucked up my knee and I got, you know, bad, 
bad circles of friends when I was younger and my parents separated and shit. And I think that that a combination of all those things is probably why I never really took it seriously. But I was like one of those things that like you can fucking get addicted to it. Yes. If you, if it comes to you so effortlessly, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like, but in saying that I trained four days a week, I played twice on the weekend. I can lift and breathe that, you know, it's not like I just rocked up after having a fucking six pack of red bears with the boys on a, Friday night and rocked up on Saturday yeah. morning and just like had the game of my life. Like I still had to, you know, put the runs on the board and stuff. Like it's granted it's easier when you're good at something, but you still have to fucking put the work in. You know? Yeah. And it's like hard work is the hard work is the variable you should never take out of anything. Yes. You know, exactly like right. people are like, oh, like work, work smarter and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, sure, work smart, but don't think you can work smart in absence of hard work, especially when hard work is what's needed to get you across the line. Hundred percent. Like you, you can't look at the 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 result of any form of success and just think that someone just smarted their way to getting it. Because even to mm. smart their way to getting it, you had to put in hard work to get smart at it. And even if you were genetically gifted at it, you still had to show up and put in the hard work to maximize that gift. What you're describing there is literally the, uh, like to a degree, the the identification definition of intrinsic motivation. Like, mm. yes. You, you know, we, we've got, you know, your Michael Jordan stuff who discover basketball. We've got Tiger Woods, he discovers golf. Andrew Johns discovers rugby league. Ronaldo discovers soccer. That, like, they're also not gifted at other things in life. Like, you're not going to find that, like, Jordan probably can't go drive fucking NASCAR. He's probably not going to yeah. have the skill sets to do that. Andrew Johns isn't going to be able to go play world-class cricket or soccer. Like, he's, he fucked around and played for Australia a couple of games as a joke, but he's not going to go play for, you know, world-class soccer in the English Premier League. These people mm. all have specific talents that they were good at, but they identified those through experience, through interest, through uh, uh, curiosity, through application. And then what, you know what? That thing I've discovered, I'm fucking really good at it. And the mm. more you did it and the more you invested, the more you got back from it, the more excited you became. And the love became getting better. And then it became getting better at beating people. And it, get, it became getting better at winning. And so you've created this intrinsic loop of the better I get, the harder I work, the more results I get, the mm. better I feel about this thing. And it's like people at, I don't know, like the the amateur rank or the lower level think that putting in the hard work, if, you know, if you're talented at it, whatever, that you, know, you, you don't have to put in the hard yards or you know I should just get it. If, yeah. if I can't get it, it's too hard. Well, yeah, just because you've identified you could be good at it doesn't mean that you don't have to fucking work hard. And even yeah. if, in, even if in the conversation you're like, you know what, I don't have the genetic potential, which 99% of the time we know is bullshit. Fucking before you even find out genetics is a question you need to work hard to find that out in the first place. 100%, yeah. Even if you find that out, why would you still not want to maximize the thing you love and see what the return yeah. is? Because Agreed. the opposite is you do things you hate and get a return anyway. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, it's funny, like just looking back on like the training journey and stuff, it's like at the start, I was just like hardest work in the room, fucking... Let's just see what happens. Absolutely took on any single type of training style, muscle group, you know, whatever it was, and just absolutely centered in the gym. And I've made a lot of progress, but I was like, did I make that progress because I was new to training or did I make it because I worked really hard? Never going to know, right? Mm-hmm. Then I went down this route of like trying to understand the body, you know, understanding action function, the muscle, you know, muscle lengths, strength curves, you know, ways to, I guess, like, you know, maximize tension on the muscle and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that took me a bit too far away from the element of work ethic. And I went through this period where I was like, 
you know, I made improvements to my physique, but I was like, obviously just stopping short of failure. And yeah, I was like, you know, just leaving things in the tank. And I was like telling myself, like, I'm not, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm centralizing work in this muscle group. Like I've been, this is how we maximize this particular movement for this stimulus. And but I was just kind of like sending, selling this narrative that like I was working hard enough because I kind of knew the fundamentals and the underlying yeah. science behind it. And then it's like, I mean, I feel like it kind of needed to happen because then I kind of, I guess, came full circle and I was like, all right, so now I kind of know how to move and be proficient and I guess like move for me, mm -hmm. but I can't keep going down this route unless I fucking start to put back the work ethic Yes, and find this middle ground of like, this is when you need to fucking put all the blood, sweat, fucking tears, whatever it is that you can into your training, mm -hmm. but do it in a way where you are kind of still, I guess, leaning into this, like these fundamentals of like science and this evidence that we have that of how we should train to bring up a particular muscle group or whatever it is. Yeah. I actually had this very, this very same conversation with one of my clients where he was like, look, if we're to put this on a spectrum or a pendulum, what way would you like it to lean? If we look at um, intensity versus cadence and control. And I was like, to be like, to be honest, I don't want it to swing. I kind of want to find a nice middle ground here. I find mm -hmm. the caveat when we start focusing too much on the the so-called research, which the more I get into statistics, the statistics, the more I realize exercise and nutrition research is fucking terrible. The more we we get into that, I'm like, yes, having good rep cadence is important. Having good control of your form and making sure we're lo uh, localizing isolated mechanical tension to the muscle group is a fucking priority. But at a certain point, we need strength. We need that intensity metric. We need you to fucking yes. send it so there's blood and sweat on the muscle to adapt to for that novel stimulus to go, 100%. holy fuck, I don't want that again. And yes, sometimes you're not going to be able to keep the fucking pec as the only working muscle group in a dumbbell chest press or a dumbbell incline press. Some things may Almost help. Almost impossible. <laughs> but that's okay because the primary load is put on the fucking pec. We're going, <laughs> hey, you know what? Yeah. At the consequence of you know some extra shoulder work or anterior delt, some extra tricep work maybe, we're also getting another 20, 30% stimulus to the chest. Is mm. that what we're chasing? Yes. Okay, so if we just focus on the... Oh, but leave two to three in the tank because you don't want to fatigue too early. Most people we know aren't even training hard enough to consider that variable in the first place. Then we're going to leave a lot on the table that's actually going to help you grow. So we mm. swing back a little bit. But if we go too far on the intensity and just send it side, we now have muscle groups taking over and we're not optimizing mechanical advantage. We're not working in optimal length positions. Okay, so we come back to the middle a little bit. That's where I want you to be. Fucking send it, but with control. Like it... Yeah. it it's weird to me that that's a hard concept to grasp in this day and age. It's like the more research, the more confused people get. And all of a sudden you start hearing gen pop clients, you start hearing the average person go, Oh, but I only need to train two reps in reserve. Like, yeah, but you don't even know what reps in reserve what is. What the yet. fuck like, that is. Yeah, food. that's right. Yeah. How the fuck do you know what failure feels like? You've never got on a machine and gone to blood, sweat and tears. Like you've, yeah, and you've probably to... never been, you probably never overshot yourself as well. So you don't even know what that is to feel under recovered. Exactly like, right. Yeah. Give me a. You've probably never even done a six week block where you're like every set is going yeah. to be zero RAR. Don't give yeah, a fuck. That's it. Just gonna do it. Yeah, put yourself in a position where you actually can't go to the gym next week. Not that you don't want to go to the gym next week, or that you shouldn't go to the gym next week because you think that you should have a deload. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah it's and and uh, yeah. Well, and that's that typical example. It's like you know these people think that we're working smarter, and that smarter happens in absence of of work ethic and and working harder. It's like no, they they fucking complement each other. Like. You, you working harder is is definitely the fundamentals of you know uh, building a great physique and mm -hmm. i think that you need to have those traits in other elements and resilience mm -hmm. is one of those things that complements a really good work ethic as well because 
guess what guys, not everything goes your way all the time and you mm-hmm. need to learn how to bounce back from that shit. But then it's like you take this smarter route of everything, but never lose the element of hard work. And it's like, you will build the best physique that you can going down that path. And you can take those fucking, you know, uh, those same uh, characteristics to anything else that you want to venture in in life. And I feel like you'll still come out way better off than trying to think that you can kind of cheat the system by being smarter and not, and that's it. Yeah, exactly right. Like to me, we're, we're even starting to see it in, in like your, like we'll go again to the extreme as we do guys like you and me, we look at pro bodybuilders again. We're starting to see like the Ian Valliers and the, the Justin Shires who are starting to implement uh, and, and like John Jewett, we're starting to implement smarter approaches to training but you still watch their training videos like, holy fuck, that'd hurt. Like mm. they're still doing their two top sets, two back offs to manage fatigue. They're still eating certain uh, food groups to diversify nutrient intake. They're, they're still mm. considering drug protocol loads that aren't quite as stupid. They're still looking at, um, you know, perhaps where we're going to work in this rep target. We're going to work in this load target. You know, they're taking longer rest periods because they know it's greater for hypertrophy. You hear like, Fuad make fun of them like, oh, you guys rest too long and I've done three supersets in that time. And you hear Justin and Ian, they're talking about like why they did it. So we're starting mm. to see even at the extreme, yes, they're taking some of these concepts we're talking about, but they're also applying like a fuck off level of training to it. Ian, Ian is one stupid strong motherfucker. Justin is 130 kegs now with a vacuum and a fucking six pack. Like yeah. that- the man moves like a robot, like just everything's perfect. <laughs> Exactly right. It's like, and that—that's when it comes down to, I guess, those nuances that fucking matter. And I feel like, in nowadays, in the early, I guess, the upcoming age of coaches, we're so trying to perfect nuance before we perfect basics that it's like you're missing the forest for the trees in what can be good training, good knowledge, and good application, and getting a result. Mm-hmm. You're missing that finer detail, which is, or no, you're missing the general detail, which is just get fucking good at training, have some fun training, yeah. train hard. And then the nuances come in where it's like, okay, we start talking to RAR, we start talking periodized deloads, we start talking working in reserve so that we can accumulate volume over time. Mm. Those things, yeah, the caveats, the nuances, they come in, but like, let's get you to a point where they fucking matter first. Yeah, and I don't know about you. Like, I mean, I've been not as a bit of a flex, but I've been doing this a little while now. It's like the more experienced I get, the more I realize that it's really simple. Like, it's not as complicated as people think. And, People are really trying to fuck it. And I'll say this today in our podcast. Like I fucking tried to find the way. I tried to yep. find the method, mm-hmm. rep ranges, exercise selections, rest periods. Like I literally tried everything, read every single piece of fucking literature, spoke to any person that was willing to you know, take my time for money or whatever it was that I could trade for them to find this optimal way of doing things. Mm-hmm. And you just can't find it. Like yeah. it's just not, it just doesn't exist, you yeah. know, it, and and I think that each person that I spoke to and each person that I respected with their, you know, what they'd done in terms of outcomes and results for the people they'd worked with, their system's fucking simple. Yeah. Their method was simple. It wasn't, there was no, you know, special tempo or special, you know, rep, uh, rep scheme or, or volume load or anything that I like, you know, I was missing out on. And I, every, every time I'd sit down and try and speak to someone and be like, oh, this is it. I'm going to crack the code. Yeah. And they're just yeah. like, yep. So we, so we do this and we do this and we do that. I'm like, okay, fuck. So I just do all that already. You know, so it's <laughs> I like, paid five grand do- for this. What I already fucking do. 
So the, oh, okay, so the difference is more megs per week. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they were using trend, not just deco. <laughs> right. Okay, I've got it. Yeah, but um, but yeah, and it's like, I think that that's the other thing that's missing now is because like you know we're all selling sets and reps, right? Like yeah, you know, at the end of the day, and again, when you move into the space where everyone has a microphone and a camera. Mm-hmm. it's like it, that's not fun anymore it's not, yeah. it's not exciting it's you know there has to be something else and <sighs> you know you when you that's where people like you and i like live and die by the system and the method and the fundamentals right yeah. none of that shit will sway my decision making yeah you know i can have someone come in and go what about this movement this exercise this program this you know this style of training you know whatever it is some fucking bullshit thing that doesn't make sense and it's like no i'm not doing that like you're gonna we're gonna track your volume we're going to track your volume load to make sure it goes up. We're going to find ways to progress in the double progression method, maybe triple. Mm-hmm. And when things don't go the way that we want, we'll throw more drugs at it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we'll, we will, we will find troubleshoot the reason why. Mm-hmm. And then we move on. And it's like, that sounds so fucking boring. Yeah. Right. But I have so many testimonials and people that I've worked with that have gotten the outcomes. And it's like, yep. You, that person who's looking for a coach or, you know, who wants to get into this sport and take it seriously needs to find a way to implement things fucking day in, day out. And the less fucking moving parts and the less bullshit yes. that you have to fucking do, the less confusion the you more have to success, scramble through. Yeah. The, the, the higher the success rate. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you can just focus on working hard and moving well and fucking progressing where you can and sticking to your fucking diet and all that shit, it's like you will, 100% progress you will 100% build your best physique and there's just too much bullshit to sift through and I think that you and I have to be the filter for that for a lot of people yeah no I agree I think it's got to a point I had this, I had this conversation um, with a colleague the other day actually and there was a comment on an Instagram post about someone trying to hyper complicate the fuck out of something and it was basically around the premise that you'll notice in coaching in the fitness realm and regardless of how you spread the term fitness there's almost troughs and peaks or, or waves and cycles where we'll go from a complication and we'll work back to simplicity and then we'll yeah. work back to complication and we'll work, yeah. work back to simplicity. And it seems, especially now with we're, the- We're, we're moving world, to simplicity for sure. We are moving back to simplicity. But at the mm. same time, when it does move to complication or complex- it gets really fucking complex and it gets over fucking over complicated, over hyped, too many parts, too much bullshit. And it ends up being that we now have to be the like boring is selling, but sorry, our selling is boring, but we're not selling anything. We're not, there's nothing to sell. We're just selling you a result. We're selling you the fact, mm. the truth. And that is that this shit is simple. And mm. mostly what you're paying me for is to hold you back when you want to go too far, program something that I know that you can tick off each week manipulate and control some of your life variables. Like when you start building new habits and making sure that over time we're exposing you to the same simplifications, but you're learning how to implement them. Like with our new app, similar to you guys, as we spoke about in your podcast, it's a lot more lifestyle orientated than it is training focused. But in that lifestyle orientation, I can give you reminders to make sure that you are ticking off, that you're getting your water in for the day, that you've had five serves of fruit, that you've got two serves of vegetables, that on your plate, you've had your protein targets, you know, your, your carbohydrates are getting in, have you done your steps for the day, training session, posing, cardio, all that stuff? Like I can set that up over periods of time where now that just becomes mm. a habit. And now you've got those basics and we're exploring that and we're adding that on top and we've got these new things. It's a really easy tool, but 
That's because that's all it is. It's fucking easy if we just repeat the actions. But I find, again, like we kind of come back to this overcomplication of the bullshit to try and hypersell and polarize and sexualize these fancy fucking ideas that don't do shit end up misleading clients and kind of putting us as the, not the bad guy, but we end up almost being like too simple. We have to kind of counteract that or speak yeah. more truth and say, hey, you know, this actually is full of shit. I'm not attacking this person. I'm just telling you this is dumb. Yeah, and that's one thing I've never bought into. Like I've never, um, I've always just stuck to my guns and I'm like, you know, even uh, you'd probably get it to, to taking someone through their first contest prep. Like they're obviously curious. They're trying to navigate the space on their own as well as with you together. People talk, they watch podcasts, they listen to shit yep. on YouTube, whatever. And it's like, oh, what about this? What about that? You know, so-and-so does this. And it's like, I've never, I've personally made it, you know, a, a mainstay with my mentality and approach and coaching style and everything to just never be swayed by, you know, influence on whatever the flavor of the month is or whatever it is. Oh, it's okay. like, yeah, agree. That doesn't make fucking sense to me. <clears throat> if I can't explain to you why I've made that decision, yeah, it doesn't happen. You know, yep. it can't happen, especially when you're being hired to deliver an outcome for somebody that's time sensitive. It's like, you can't make shit up. And yep. I don't understand how people fucking can sleep at night doing that, but whatever that's their fucking problem not mine but it's like people have the right to want to know and they have the right to want to learn and ask questions but we're never we should never make decisions without having a really good understanding of like where that information is coming from and why we're making that decision to begin with and it can it can just be it, it can even just be a simple answer it doesn't even be a complex answer as to why you did it it could just simply be leg extensions went at the end of your program because i want to drive up volume without as much fatigue cool mm. Fantastic. In that order of execution and your, your exercise selection, Great. that made sense. Fantastic. But I gave you a reason why it was there. Okay. So we're doing Great. a Bulgarian split squat because I want to focus on stability and put you in a, uh, an uncomfortable position, force you to stabilize and load differently. Cool. Mm. That makes sense. It's easy to do. I'm yeah. not overcomplicating it, but you did it. In that in that regard, then it's it's still like there is an answer. There's a, there's a reason, there's a solution, but it's simple. And that yeah. to me is like, you know, like you said, you know, we're getting first timers. We're getting people to see all this shit and all these crazy questions, all these crazy ideas that this must be the way that gets you shredded. I had one of my girls talk to me about water manipulations. We only just started prepping. I was like, there won't be yeah. water manipulations. There won't be no. sodium pulling. There won't be like, that doesn't make nah. sense. When you understand the roles of hydration, sodium ion channels, potassium ion mm. channels, when we understand those roles, calcium and the way it works as an electrolyte, we're not pulling those things out or manipulating them because they're constants. No. We want them to be constant. So, mm. If we're adding those variables and try to, trying to overcomplicate peak weeks, preps, you know, phases of training, we're just adding too much shit that doesn't actually solve a problem. It probably creates more. Yeah. And I feel like you just do that if you don't know what the fuck you're doing anyway, because you got to make, yeah. you, you're selling entertainment because your actual ability to get the outcome isn't there. So yeah. you have to fill that void with bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just like if you're just good at your if you're just good at your fucking job and you actually have a system that you front you you look at that lens through every client. So every single client goes through the same fucking lens, same mm -hmm. framework. Yeah, the expression of that comes out differently because people are different, mm -hmm. the goals are different, whatever. But it's like you literally go from step one to step whatever, mm -hmm. the same. Yep. You know, where if you don't, because you don't know what the fuck you're doing, the hocus pocus bullshit comes out. Yeah, you know, sure. and those people get had at some point, especially now. Yeah, that was kind of kind of gonna be my, my my looping back point was those those people who do end up being the trend followers, 
is that it starts to catch up with you real quick because your identity around that trend now has to swap to the new trend. And it might be that, you know, you're, you're using the complications when it's in the cycle and it's in the phase, but then the pendulum comes back and now you've got to change again. Otherwise you mm. get caught out. But then if I go back through your content six months ago, you were saying this. And it's not because you've upskilled and educated, it's because you're trying to still stay up with the trend or the new focus or the new fad. Yeah, you don't have a message. You don't stand for anything. Exactly. You, you just become yeah. this this echo of bullshit that's out there in order to try and get people's money. And yeah. Yeah. that eventually, like, yo, and this is where I think it's so important to stay true to how you train and your methods and your values, whether it be, you know, whether it be boring and broish or fucking whatever, if you at least stay true to the message that you give out or the 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 brand awareness or the person that you are. When things change so much and these caveats come out and these nuances are fucking swinging back and forward, you don't get caught out because you're still there. And you know you can do extra courses and upskill and make sure you continue to educate or get educated. But the basis of who you are as a business and the way you coach kind of stays true. And so yeah. all these swinging fucking momentums doesn't make an impact on you. Yeah, well, if I look back to how my first client who had gotten reasonably good shape, like <laughs> it's no different really to what I do now. Still- manage their energy intake and their protein, make sure protein spacing is the priority throughout the day. Mm -hmm. We work on you know, managing their energy expenditure and utilizing different modalities to do that. Mm -hmm. And we have resistance training and try and maintain or increase strength where possible to retain mm -hmm. the lean tissue. It's like, tell me what's changed in the last 15 years where I need to, yeah. I need to fucking do some hocus pocus shit to <laughs> facilitate that. Like, I think it, it comes down to wanting to, having the desire to be the best and know exactly what you need to know mm -hmm. and finding the places to do that and then finding a way to repeat it, mm -hmm. repeat it. And that's the the thing we have at home with our coaches is like our system's repeatable. Yeah. you Your system's repeatable. You ha it has to be, you can't get results with that many people without yep. having a system that's repeatable. You know what I mean? And if it gets results and things slightly change, it's like, sure, lean into that because of whatever reason, but it's like, you're not breaking, you're not building, breaking things down and building them up again because one fucking research paper's come out or one person that's influenced you said this, like you see those people where it's like, oh, stability is everything in training. And then they do another course and it's like, oh, stability is bullshit. You just need to practice the skill. So you've just changed your whole fucking philosophy. Yeah, yeah. Your entire exercise selection now is completely yeah. different. Yeah, it's like how you approach the conversations with your clients is now completely changing because you got that heavily influenced. So you actually don't yeah. know what the fuck you're doing anymore. Yeah. Like you, you, you're you just chasing the flavor of the month. Yeah. Where we would go into something like that and go, where can I create value in this for my system and method? What's useless? Yeah. I'm going to take this or I'm going to disregard this and then I'm going to go to this other person and it's like, yeah, cool, skill, whatever. It's like, where can I adopt that as part of my system? Yeah. So it's not, you're not tearing things down and building them back up again. I find the most, the most nuances that I probably change, like you said, I, I have a systemized approach in the way I look at things, right? Like, and like, I don't even have a drama mapping it out. I think I have a podcast episode where I discuss the matter method and mm. literally just explain what the fuck I do. And basically, you know, we, we onboard the client, we ask them, we, we go through a goal setting session or we have them fill out a goal setting sheets. We establish how many days a week they can train, what their food preferences mm. are. Do they know about nutrition to begin with at all? And give me some feedback on what that looks like. Go through your first week and send me a movement patterns, get them recorded, upload the information, continue training as normal. And then it starts to get to, okay, so what phase of training do you need to be in? Usually I find what I call a strip back method. Most people who tell me they've trained before end up taking about 50% of the volume away because they've been junk, junk training and overeating. So we pull their shit back, we pull their drugs back, we pull their food back. Mm. That ends up being, for most of my like trained individuals, probably the first fucking four weeks. 
go yeah. through a recompositional phase or like an, an aggressive cut phase because you probably are, if you're that trained and you're that dieted or that experienced, you've probably got a bit of pudge there that doesn't need to be there in order to continue growing. So we pull that back, get you into a tighter position to then grow. Now, that isn't the same for every single person, but most people that fit that demographic of client that starts, I go, okay, that kind of applies and we'll work on the weaknesses and the, the, the kinks and the things individually. But that's kind of the premise. I have the system mapped out mm. where I can give that to anyone, but adjust based on the person. And that I think is the biggest aspect is that when we're coaching, we're able to do that and lay out that baseline. And then the nuances come in where it's like, okay, so what's your sleep routine like? What's your actual like daily activity? What's your desk job or what's your lifestyle factors? How do we manipulate your headspace and your focus on training when you're there? Make sure you're actually sleeping efficiently and getting hydrated. Those little habits we start to work on and yeah. actually coach someone through, not just here's your program, see you later. That to me is where most of the details change. I can't, you know, you can't standardize lifestyle interventions for every single person. That's just not how that works. Of course. But we have that baseline system where we then just go, okay, from this, now we work on the, the lowest hanging fruits to get the biggest mm. reward. And now we get all of a sudden, you know, six months have gone by and you've changed 20 of your biggest behaviors. And now you've optimized all these fucking things that you didn't even know were problems to begin with. And now we've got this mm. whole different package and lifestyle set up. And the training itself is yielding a much bigger result. Though it was simple at the baseline, it's now fucking tenfold the result because we've got this other stuff in place. The actual coaching side. Mm. Yeah, and those lower hanging fruits are usually the gatekeepers to, you know, this realm or this land where everybody wants to talk nuance. It's like if you ain't doing all of those things that you just spoke about, it's like we don't even go into that. We don't open that box. Yep. You know, it's like that 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 chest doesn't get open because you're not doing these things here that you have to do in order for us to have that conversation. Because if you don't, all I'm going to say is we need to find a way to make those things happen. Yeah. Yeah. But again, can't sell that, mate. Yeah, you can't tell me that that's so just, simple and then expect to just got to hit a just got to hit a belfie and fucking you know say you've got coaching spots open only two of them <laughs> only two but I've only got two every two weeks it just seems to keep opening yeah. like fucking yeah yeah, yeah. but I guess uh, so like a, a kind of kind of uh, final talking point if you will like we've kind of got down to the nitty gritty of of details around coaching and prepping and you know we both have yeah. some pretty great results in terms of of physique prepping so far. You're a lot more of a, I would say, natty focused coach. You're working yep. amongst the realm of like ICN, um, NBA, yeah, and what's A and uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I do. I just do NBA and ICN at ICN, the moment. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, obviously dabble in the IFBB with some people who want to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, I don't. I guess yeah, the question is obviously like you know, what's the method? what are your what's your approach to you know working with like natural athletes compared mm -hmm. to like uh enhanced ones uh i think this is why i know this convo is going to be so fun is because you literally just knew what the question was going to be <laughs> like yeah. yeah this is what we're going to talk about yeah yeah i thought so and how much do um, you give me natties <laughs> yeah well that's that's a topic for a, a conversation off camera no i'm kidding <laughs> um i think when you when you draw back the method the parallels are still really the same. It's just yep. obviously we have we have some exogenous agents to accelerate the mm -hmm. recovery and mitigate the catabolic processes when you kind of work in the realm of like you know performance enhancement and the and the federations that allow those things to happen. Mm -hmm. So 
we need to now then have a think about, okay, well, because we don't have those agents and abilities, like how else can we make sure that we manage those things? So at the end of the day, your contest prep, your ability to get an outcome with that person is they need to recover in a capacity. I think to to expect your client to ever fully recover in a contest prep is bizarre. And I don't think that that is something that's ever going to happen. No, it's not. Because you're not, you don't have the calories to support, you know, full recovery. But I think if you, you need to get them to a point where they can show up every day. Yeah. And obviously the outcome is to drive an energy balance, uh, an energy deficit and to retain lean muscle tissue. Mm-hmm. So they're the really the three elements that we're working with here, right? Mm-hmm. So like I said before, we have to find a way to retain the lean tissue. I'm a big proponent of utilizing intensification methods where possible. Mm-hmm. But I personally think there's a point in prep where volumization comes in and we can utilize that to retain lean tissue. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that kind of line sits for people that is an intuitive decision by me based off the feedback and input that i would get off a client and their training performance too you know like um utilize you know training data you know are they progressing with their training what movements are going up and and all of those kind of things so we kind of make that decision at some point but outside of that it's like how are we going to drive the rest of the energy expenditure like i think once you kind of know that it's like it's resistance training doesn't burn that much energy like people don't really realize that they're like oh but if you're utilizing your muscles and your muscles are switched on all day and they burn energy all the time it's like "Eh, it doesn't really work like that like it's just like it's actually burning your muscle contractions don't really burn that much muscle so we now need to think about okay well how else are we going to expend this energy for this person to create this deficit and drive this Mm -hmm. body fat um, that's where I like to utilize, depending on that person's lifestyle, a combination of aerobic exercise, programmed aerobic exercise in a particular mm-hmm. zone and you know, just utilizing like daily activity. Mm-hmm. Not a big fan of like making someone walk for five hours a day. Mm-hmm. I think that the aerobic system and the nervous system don't really kind of have a major interference effect like people think, especially yeah. if you get the zone and intensity of the cardio correct. Yep. So I think that you're in a position where you should always try and gravitate towards efficiency for that person. Yeah. So I'm sure you work with some very, you know, um, successful individuals that are very busy outside of the gym. Yep. And they still want to achieve an exceptional physique and maybe compete. And you can't give them 15,000 to 17,000 or whatever it is, steps a day that people are giving people now. Yeah. So you might say like, hey, that's fine. Let's pick a mode of aerobics that is low impact, but we can get a decent intensity or duration out of this mm-hmm. and burn as much energy as you can. Mm-hmm. So I really like to utilize that method um, for people. Um, and then diet methodology, I feel like everyone kind of lands in the same realm. I like to obviously have like weekly rate of loss targets. I have a rate of loss that I want to see over a period of time. Um, Mm -hmm. I have a certain percentage of rate of loss that I like to see in the first 50% of the prep. Mm -hmm. Because the goal is obviously always to go hard and aggressive at the start with the idea of trying your best to either make up for time that you may lose during the prep for whatever reason, life getting in the way, person getting sick, whatever. Um, or just the rate of progress not aligning with the way you think because you maybe missed the mark with that person or they just haven't executed properly. Yep. So you have that buffer and you have that time frame, And then if you don't, none of that shit happens and it's perfect. Well, guess what? We now have time. Who likes yeah, time? Exactly right. 
every fucking coach loves time, right? Yep. Fake dummy peak weeks. You can fucking start refeeding. You can start doing whatever you like to de-stress that system to bring the best package on the day. Mm -hmm. And I think that as long as the decision-making is consistent um, and as long as you set the standards for what that person should try and be getting out of their training, their cardio, their nutrition, and all of those things, they're posing. One thing that they really, like good coaches will always remind their clients to pose. Yeah. Not so experienced coaches or maybe not so great coaches will not. And it's like, you can spend fucking 24 weeks pouring everything into it and not be able to present yourself on stage. It's like, yeah. how disappointing would that be for someone? Yeah. I've, yeah. I've literally heard of coach, like of clients telling me or like people that know of a client with a coach and they don't believe the prescription of posing is their job. I'm like, that that's literally like a football coach or a rugby league coach not telling you that certain plays or, or practicing certain plays at training to implement in the game. Like it'd be like I, a powerlifter not making there, I can't be up there with you, but it's part of my job to make sure that you know what you're doing when you're up there. Mm, yeah, it's like a powerlifter not doing one RMs. It's stupid. So if it's you like, were going up, your job's to go up and pose. Like that's if you work it out at the end of the day, it's like they have to pose. Like that's the thing, right? Yeah. They don't look up, they don't go, oh, let's get the skin calipers out and see who's yeah, the most yeah. shredded. Yeah. We're not going to talk about your your rate of loss or what weight you are or how much body fat you have. It is how you present it and how it looks. Yeah. And I when I competed, I, I know 100% that I got placings that I had no business getting. And it was because I practiced posing mm-hmm. so much. And there were people bigger than me, leaner than me, but they just couldn't, you know, the shaking, the sweating, yep. the, yep. you know, Always marked bad, bad posture and all that stuff. Yep. And it's like, I just leaped ahead of people um, because of that, you know, and the longer you're out there, obviously those things start to matter. And okay. I, I really personally think where you program your posing as well is super important. Like I don't mind it at the end of the session when you're fucking tired. It's like, what do you think they're going to do out on the show? Like if it's close and you guys get put together, yeah. And it's like, it's a, that's a fucking battle now. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you have to be able to endure that. So yeah, I think that there's other, there's elements to, we have to think of all the elements. Like we don't necessarily have to be the best person to deliver that. Yeah. You know, like I'm not, I'm not the best pose, pose of myself. So it's like outsource it if I have to, but make sure it's a fucking thing. Make sure yeah. you're, you're always looking at those things. And yeah, I guess like, you know, when we talk about these differentials between like naturals and, you know, kind of assisted athletes and stuff, I think it's just like, you got to know that you don't have as many tools to play. Yeah. You got to know that there's, you know, like I'm not saying assisted training, you have these, these variables to play that like can negate good decision-making with coaching mm-hmm. because that's only going to take you so far anyway. Yes. You know? So it's just a totally different realm. And then I tend to find we can push people a little bit harder over there and the yeah. timeframes a little bit shorter. And then we can p- play around with nutrient, partitioning and you know i guess like you know macronutrient distribution and calorie distribution and stuff because of that but because you know you don't have as many variables to play with it has to be simple yep and the feedback off the individual is super important in my opinion yeah you know because it's like like i said you just can't like you know we can't just throw a bunch of shit at them and expect them spec it all to stick Mm -hmm. you know it just doesn't work that way so yeah like i think that the principles are still the same and I know that's not very sexy, um, but I think that there's a fine balance. Yeah, but it's just, I think once you know your athlete and once you have that rate of loss and Mm -hmm. once you have that structure up, the the most important thing outside of that is that person looking you in the eye and saying, 
I've either executed on all of these things to my greatest capacity or I haven't. And yep. this is why I haven't. Because if they haven't and, or you have the inkling that they haven't because, I mean, I don't know about you, but one plus one equals two. Like if you set things up, yeah. it's like you're fucking 75 kilos and you're eating at, you know, 22 kilos per, you know, per uh, 22 calories per kilo of body weight. And you're doing this much steps and you're doing this much training. And it's like, you don't lose weight. It's like, come on, man. Like what yeah, the fuck's yeah. going on here? Yeah, you know, like there's something adding up here that isn't the answer. It's yeah, it's like you're not telling me something. So I think that like what's more outside of those establishing those those frameworks and getting that plan and and understanding what to look for in the lens and ex- the expectations each week for that client is building that trust and that relationship where that person can be honest and look at you in the eye and say, look, I didn't deliver this week. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like okay, well we now have to make up time or yeah. we got to address this issue or whatever. And I find that the people that I, that have those characteristics and traits that can do that to their coach. And I really try and make sure that at the start, that's something that I want to receive. Yeah. They get the best outcomes. Absolutely. They get the best results. Yeah. yeah. They're the best bodybuilders hands down because they usually don't fuck up, but if they do, it's like you have that conversation and they don't want to let themselves down again and they don't want to let yeah. you down. Yeah. Cause you, so you- yeah, even like it just just on that sort of last point there you, you're kind of opening that conversation to what's what i call the abcs and it's what we call abc in um in in behavioral psychology is the antecedents behavior and consequence so when, when a client goes through that moment you can sit there with them and this is where good coaching comes in even if it's in a written check-in spreadsheet whether you do zoom calls whether you do face-to-face whether you do written check-in sheets you can have them say uh you know this was the behavior right i i broke broke my diet on saturday night Okay, so we know what the B is. Well, let's figure out the A and C. What was the antecedents? I had no food prepared. There was this weekend away or my fucking friends dropped by and we kind of got carried away and we decided this was going to be a thing because it was my last night before I started prep. So we ended up going crazy and I had a bit more food. Plus I had none of my food prepared. What was the consequence? Well, I woke up three kilos heavier, more stress, fluidity, mm. and my carbs were higher. Okay, then from that, how did you feel about the consequence? Well, it felt like shit. Okay, so did you feel like shit because I made you feel like shit or because you didn't like the thing that you did? No, because I didn't like the actual action that I did. Okay, so now we know that this isn't something you want to repeat. We've dived into it. It's not me saying yeah. I'm a restrictive asshole and taking away your food. We can actually just explore that and go, okay, in the next 24 weeks of prep, we don't really have room for that. We have room no. because we've given ourselves the time, but ideally we'd like to have that for extremes. We want those mm. gaps or those windows to be for, you know, a death in the family, uh, a, like your j- job being lost or, you know, mm. things like that where you need a buffer it's, for stress. Yeah. Or just stress reduction because it's accumulated too time much. To, yeah. Time to practice trial peak weeks, time yeah. to be in a better position and be ready and not stress at the back end. Okay, cool. So in the next 24 weeks, we don't really have the room for that. Let's equate for that. Let's account for that. Take ownership and we move on. That is fucking good coaching. That's just good coaching. Being able mm. to have your client identify with you the reason that the action existed, what the behavior itself was, or sorry, the antecedents, and that consequence. We can now deduct from that, okay, you didn't like it. So in future, when your friends say, hey, I'm dropping by at nine o'clock tonight to come get you, you say, actually, you're not. I'm in prep and this is not going to happen. Yeah. And that's, it's funny. I had someone ask us on the podcast today. It's just like, what are three things that you would <clears throat> give somebody who's like starting their prep or about to start their first contest prep? And that was one of them. It was like, learning you know informing your inner circle that this is happening and it's important to you and that's going to you know your lifestyle has to change and you're you're not you know um devaluing the relationship you have with those particular individuals they have to understand that like for the next six months whatever it is that you need to do to get the outcome it's like 
your behavior has to change and it has to match what's expected of you to get that outcome. Yeah. You know, there's a couple other things, trusty coach. Um, I can't remember what else I said, but those, that is so important when you think about, you know, what it takes to do something that is as extraordinary. And the only people that will understand are the ones that have gotten there. Yeah. Because you know, there's a lot of people that start and there's a lot of people that don't finish. I reckon there'd be more that almost more or half that don't finish as much as that do. You know what I mean? Oh, like easily. it's just like, yeah, it, you know, it's or it's just a fleeting idea that they try and once they work out how yeah hard and tough it is to get there. And that's where, like, you know, I always say to the people just making it, I'm like, you are, you do not understand how extraordinary it is that you yeah. are gonna step up there tomorrow, you know, that's- and that should be the thing that's celebrated the most. I think I think that's like um, you know something to the, the only comparison I really have to it is when you make a grand final in rugby league and soccer and AFL like week to week you can just turn up and play a game but we as bodybuilders only have that one window of time to actually get up there and we see it through but you've had 24 weeks to pull out you've had 20 24 16 12 mm-hmm. where it is 30 weeks to pull out and you went through each week regardless of where you place or position you had the courage to do it the resilience to keep going and the fortitude to push through the hard shit and take accountability of the fact that I still want this every day. When it comes to rugby league, you lose a game, you turn back up to training, go again, you win. You lose, you win, whatever. Mm. You make a grand final, there's only one grand final. Like I I played in a lot of grand finals in my time and each one was fucking unique because like at that time period, in that time, at that age, we were the best in this state, in this area, at this region. And you know, only two teams get to make it. That to me is the only equivalence I have to making it through prep is that I turned up each fucking week to get to this point and then get on stage where there was 16 other teams that lost games that didn't equate to them being on top to get to the grand final. Regardless of whether I win the grand final or not, that's another percentage to worry about. But just getting to the grand final, to me, is that level of turning up on show day and then being in competitive condition. It's like, Mm. it's such a unique thing that people don't take real perspective on. And it's it's like, oh, well, I didn't win this time or I didn't, okay, cool. You're only one bit, one person gets to win, but Mm. you've already done something substantial and unique that 99% of the world can't do. And that is follow through a diet for 24 weeks, a lifestyle modification for 24 weeks, training block for 24 weeks, and then consistently show up to progressively get better each time and then get on stage and present that in front of people. That's a unique thing. That's it's, it's, if we were to look at that as a a statistical uh, significance, we would refer to that as a phenomenon in psychology. Like it's not mm. a common thing, but it's like when it happens, you're like, wow, that's actually starting to happen. I can do that. That's becoming a commonality for me. People just take that for granted, I think. Yeah, man, 100%. Yeah, it's, I think, like I said, you have to experience it to kind of know how hard it is. Mm-hmm. I think that's why it's really important in a capacity that your client, your coach should have gotten himself into pretty good shape yes. or even competed. I don't necessarily think that they need to have competed personally, but I think that they need to have, been in pretty good shape because i think there's a hole that you go into about four to six weeks out and it's like yeah. you need a there's not many people that can empathize with you um and tell you it's going to be okay unless they've been there themselves yeah you know and that, that to me um, i agree is a certain point where you're kind of at that stage where the coach doesn't need to be exactly me but at the same time you better have walked some sort of a walk so that hmm. i know that you know what this back end is like yeah, and you, yeah, that's it. It's like you you want that emotional support network to lean on, and you want that person to obviously say the right thing. And I feel like that only comes from walking the path to it. In, in this instance, in this instance, yeah. And, and, I, I, and I the think... last, oh, sorry, and the last that I just remembered what the third one was. It no. was choose your, choose your regrets. 
So we spoke about that. Yeah. Well, it's like you get to choose what your regrets are. So it's like, like do you want, yeah, you want to walk up on stage and it's like, you have the capacity to choose what those regrets are. And it's like, is it, I didn't go to this person's 21st. I didn't get fucked up when they went to this festival. It's like, you have the ability to either choose that or go, oh, I didn't look the best that I could because I went to this festival and got fucked up. So it's like, you have the total control to choose those regrets Mm -hmm. and no person can make that decision for you. So it's like, you want to, I'm always going to say, look, choose your regrets that align with the goals that you have. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you have that choice. Yeah. Yeah. A, A very similar premise to how I coach people when they tell me like, I did this on my diet or did this on my diet or we went here for dinner. I'm like, look, I am never going to tell you not to eat certain foods. I'm never going to tell you to restrict things. I'm never going to tell you to cut them out. Every single time you make a choice, you have the dichotomy to say, this suits my goal or it doesn't. Or mm. in this situation where you're in an environment, even if you're, you, know, you go out to a restaurant, you have the ability to go, this is the least worst option on the menu and I'm still present with my friends, but I'm also going to equate for it by trying to track it somewhat. Okay, cool. Mm. Or you go, fuck it, I've got out and I may as well just send it. So here's three pizzas and fucking ice cream. Like that's on you to make that decision. I'm not going to yeah. make it for you, but each time you do it, I'm going to sit there and say, and how do you feel now? Where do you feel like we've ended mm. up? What does your data say? Oh, I feel pretty shit. I'm bloated and I can't go to the toilet and I haven't trained probably in two days. Okay. That's on you. That's your choice. You've yeah. got that you choice You choose to make. that regret. Yeah. Exactly mm. right. And the I find the people who truly enjoy bodybuilding, to kind of end on this point, I guess, are the ones that get up there regardless of placing and know that there wasn't a single fucking stone left unturned. And their placing is purely based on someone was better than me or had better genetics or more drugs or was willing to work harder or just simply Mm. had the capacity to do it longer than I have. And that's Mm. the only reason I lost. And if that's the only reason you've lost, you can't not be happy. No, you you don't know who's standing up next to you. That's obviously anyone that's been in this game long enough can say to the person to manage their expectations. It's like you, you're 100% focused on your own actions and your own plan. Mm -hmm. And it's like you control the narrative for yourself you don't in a lot of cases have the ability to change the narrative of the show. You know, exactly it's like right. elite level shit. Yeah, sure. But it's like there's someone who could have trained for fucking 20 years and decided to do their first show and stands right next to you. It's yeah, like, legit. they have, t- they have fucking 15 years of training on you. Yeah. And it's like, they're still you know, a novice. So yeah. It's like, we don't have that, that control. So just keep dialed in on your shit. Your good coaches will have the plans for you. They'll keep you yeah. dialed in on what you need to do, but you have the ability to choose the regrets that you have. And I know if I'm competing, I'm leaving no stone unturned. Don't want to have those regrets. Man, that's yeah. a pretty fine point to end on, I think, because uh, we've got to wrap it up. That's good, man. That was great. Give everyone uh, a way to find you. I know probably by now, if you guys haven't heard any of my stuff and you don't know where they are, you're idiots, but you know, where do we where do we find you? Um, so you can find my personal page, um, Jason Galea, so G-A-L-E-A um, underscore STC. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously like, you know, at STC fit um, mm-hmm. for, you know, all your fitness stuff and coaching and whatnot, um, training stuff with Ben, um, even YouTube <laughs> and stuff. We've got some stuff coming out, me and Benny throwing some tin around. Um, and then you'll find your way. That's a fun session too. That's fun, bro. Yeah, it's just real good. Um, so yeah, you'll find your way to everything else once you land on those. Um, everything's always linked and stuff. So yeah, get in there, enjoy the contents, plenty of stuff there, um, plenty of stuff coming in the future. Beautiful. Appreciate it, mate. Thanks for your time. Awesome. Thank you very much. No worries, bro.